I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon and buy our official merchandise on Redbubble. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps. Entry 35. Bedot North, Singapore. Alan's arms are scarred with reminders of his past. For the last 20 years, he's run a small electronics repair business where his biggest concerns have been making rent and paying his employees. They're not exactly trivial matters, he tells me, but they're certainly not as pressing as the kinds of things he faced as part of a gang back in his younger days. He rubs the marks on his arms, some of them lasered off tattoos, and some of them scars he'd earned from clashing with knife and parang-wielding rivals. I ask him what finally turned him away from that life, and he smiles. Two women, he says. One of them, he tells me, is his partner, Celine. It wasn't an easy road for them, from meeting and falling in love to leaving behind a world of violence, starting a family. But Celine made it all worthwhile, he says, flipping out his phone to show me pictures of them together over the years. As he scrolls through the photo gallery, I ask Alan who the other woman was. He doesn't say anything. Instead, he lowers his head a little and puts his phone away. His smile slips, only slightly, as he starts to rub his arms again, thoughtfully. I don't repeat the question. I simply give him a moment and switch my recorder on and tell him that when he's ready, he can start from the beginning. It was the early 90s. Alan was returning home at around 11pm from a date with Celine that ended pretty much how most of their dates ended back then. With an argument. He was fuming, but as always, he was angrier more at himself than with her. She'd broken down and cried after discovering yet another scar one that he'd sustained on his back two weeks before, but had managed to keep from her. Her voice shaking. Celine said that Alan's luck was going to run out sooner or later, and someone was going to do a whole lot worse than just leave a scar. She gave him an ultimatum. Part ways with the gang or lose her. In the heat of the moment, 
Alan's temper flared. With as much venom in his tone as he could muster, he told Celine that his brothers had been there with him long before he'd met her. And he promised that they'd be there long after her too. Alan stormed off, leaving Celine in tears, and regretted it almost immediately. He didn't mean what he'd said, of course. The truth was that he actually wanted to leave the gang. But she just didn't understand how difficult that was going to be. The walk from the bus stop to his flat in Ubi took about 15 minutes. It was generally well lit, but there was a short, gloomy stretch on a small road that seemed to be perpetually shrouded in darkness, even during the day. Alan had been frightened of the stretch when he was much younger. Scared of monsters lurking in the shadows, waiting to reach out and devour him. But as time passed, though, that fear all but vanished. By his early twenties, walking down that small road on most nights would just remind him of simpler times. On this particular night, however, lost in his anger, he barely even noticed that he'd started down this stretch. He hadn't been paying attention to his surroundings at all, really, until a chill shook him out of his thoughts. It wasn't windy that night, he tells me. There wasn't a breeze blowing through, and the leaves on the trees were all completely still. Yet, Alan began to shiver. As this cold gripped him, he started to grow aware of a sensation. A feeling like he was being followed. The hairs on the back of his neck stood on end. He'd spun around a couple of times to see if there was anyone behind him. Nothing. Except that nagging feeling in just a glimpse of what looked like a plain white dress gliding in the air around him, always in his periphery. It's your imagination, he thought, shaking his head. You're exhausted from that fight with Celine. But even as he chuckled and chastised himself for making a big deal out of nothing, Alan's pace nevertheless began to pick up. Eventually, though, as he neared the end of the stretch, he couldn't deny it any longer. Darting his head around one last time, he finally managed to catch sight of it. Not a clear view, but clear enough. It wasn't his imagination at all. It was a person floating on the wind, circling around him. Without a second's thought, Alan sprinted out of that stretch as fast as he could, only slowing down as he approached his flat. 
catching his breath, he noticed that there was a funeral at one of the neighboring void decks. But he didn't think much of it at the time. More concerned with getting back to the safety of his home than anything else. The following day, however, as he was heading out to the bus stop for work, he passed by the funeral again. And something about the deceased photo caught his attention. There was a woman, probably only a couple of years younger than him. Even though she wore a neutral expression in her photo, something about her connected with him. And that's when realization hit. Ellen recognized the young woman in the photo. In fact, the last time he had seen her was the night before, wearing white and gliding all around him. Alan skipped work that day and rushed to the temple his parents had brought him to as a child. There, he spoke to a priest who told him that what he had seen was a spirit that didn't know she was already dead. The priest assured Alan that he would speak to the young woman's parents and help the spirit find its way to the other side. Before Alan could leave, however, the priest asked him how he had been feeling. Lost spirits, the priest had said, tend to latch onto people going through emotional turmoil. Still frazzled from his experience, Alan lost his cool once more and yelled at the priest to mind his own business. The priest, however, Remain calm. Resolve what troubles you, he had said, as Alan stormed out of the temple. Furious as he was, though, those words stayed with Alan all day. And later that night, he called Celine again and calmly said that they needed to talk. And a few months after, he finally found a way out of the gang. We actually reached out to that young woman's parents a couple of years after Celine and I got married, he says, his head still tilted down slightly. He continues, they took it surprisingly well, enough time had passed, I guess. But still, I, well, I broke down to tears when I told them about how, even in death, their daughter had changed my life. Alan says that he and Celine still visit the woman's grave every year on the anniversary of his encounter. Finally, he looks back up at me. The warmth returning to his smile, and I notice that he's even stopped rubbing his arm. <laughs> the funny thing is, when I saw her face that night, of course I was scared, he says. But I soon realized that even in that moment, I knew it wasn't just her that was lost. 
If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at We Are Hantu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio Technica mics.